Welcome to the Second Is For Everyone podcast. We welcome all people, regardless of race, gender, political party, sexual orientation, or background, to learn about your Second Amendment civil rights and the many facets of firearms ownership. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 83 of the Second Is For Everyone podcast. This episode's entitled Independence Day. I try to come up with interesting titles, uh, maybe even more like clickbait. And I don't think it works that much, so I'm just going to stick with naming these things whatever I want. Uh, This episode should probably be coming out on uh, 4th of July. I'm recording it on 4th of July weekend. Um, This particular episode is fueled by Woodford Reserve Double Oak Bourbon. And uh, La Polina Black Label Cigars. Why? Because that's what I'm smoking and that's what I'm sipping on as I record and write this. Or write and record this, I guess I should say. Anyway, amen. It's been an interesting week. It's been an interesting few weeks since the last time I came at you guys. I was driving back from Kevin Dixie's Train and Learn event when I recorded the last episode. And I'd like to thank all of you that listened to it because (laughs) it's all that kept me on the road. So I appreciate it. Um, It didn't sound as bad as I thought for a guy that was punch drunk and had been on the road for well over just hours upon hours upon hours. It was a 30, over 3,000 mile trip. And whenever I got really tired, I cracked the mic and spoke to you guys. So thank you very much for being there for me. Now let's talk about what's going on. I got a lot going on. I'm really busy. Um, I'm going to give you some dates and their dates for our next diversity shoots. But before I start that, I want to tell you this. Thank you. I do this because I love people as human beings, as a Christian. I want you to be able to protect the people you love. That's why I'm fighting this fight. For people I haven't met, for people that haven't even been born yet. Our civil rights aren't a given. They're not guaranteed. They're only guaranteed if we fight for them. That's what we all need to do, especially now. We have both social media and mainstream media politicians all pushing the narrative that firearms are the problem that's a lie firearms aren't the problem firearms and the gun violence epidemic are just symptoms of an overall bigger problem we have in this country and it's about crime it's about the reasons for crime it's about opportunity and lack thereof consequences, morals being taught at home about what's right and what's wrong, and people being really confused and having their priorities jacked up about what's important. And I think that is more of a problem than that thing you have locked in your gun safe or on top of your bureau for when you go to bed. Because there are tens of millions of gun owners. The problems you hear about, even when you break it down, 
is 60% of the gun deaths are people that commit suicide. There are Second Amendment groups that are reaching out all over, holding my guns, Walk the Talk America, that are just asking to help and trying to help those that want to take their own lives. Because it's part of our responsibility as firearms owners to try to help those, your friends and neighbors, that are going through dark times. Because we're good people. <laughs> uh, the other thing, the majority, gang violence. Gang violence on other gang members. That's almost 30% of the problem. When you want to get down to active shooters, because that's all they mean when they talk about gun violence. They don't give a dang about the other 90 plus percent. They want to use the deaths of people during mass shooting epidemic, excuse me, mass shooting events to try to play it all play it off as some kind of epidemic of Responsible gun owners just going cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And if you just pass one more law, if you just pass one more restriction, somehow you're going to get to the point that someone's going to be able to read your mind and determine whether or not you should own a firearm. We all know that's ridiculous. It goes without saying. But they want us to buy into it and they're are enough low-information people out there that sit in front of their TV and consume anything that spills out of these idiots' mouths. And they have the memory retention of a goldfish. They can't remember last month. They can't remember three months ago or last year that the same crap has been happening or the failures of the government itself to enforce the laws that are already on the books. If you start going back and picking out these people that have committed these crimes, there were lots of warnings and the government itself failed. And as usual, when the government fails, their solution is to take more of your rights and or take more of your money with no punishment being, being meted out to the ones in the government that failed. From bumbling background checks to other paperwork, it's all just never their fault. If you'd only give them more rights or give them more money, they can solve this problem. Bullcrap. <laughs> And every week they try to make you believe the sky is falling and there's an emergency. And if there's not an emergency, there's some celebrity you should give two craps about. Right now, the big hoorah this week in 2021, again, Independence Day 2021, they're trying to make you care about a third place finishing athlete in the U.S. track and field, who's a hammer thrower, again, third place, 
that was ashamed of America and faced away from the flag during the national anthem. Stop. Look, I know you think you care, but do you really? Okay, you care. How many female athletes do you know from track and field, specifically hammer throwing? From any Olympics? Yeah, I didn't think so. I don't know any either. How many athletes do you know by name that are female in any track and field event ever? Probably like three, right? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But they really want you stirred up and angry about this. As far as I'm concerned, you can turn your back. You can do anything you want, but you're still competing to represent the country. And now you can't figure out what, what now when you're finally on stage, when you're finally on the podium again in third place. So you're not even the best one out there, but whatever. Now, all of a sudden, the history of America fell upon your shoulders and you come to the realization that we're not perfect done horrible things stop with your silliness how's this because i'm tired of people pointing out what's wrong with america without doing any work to improve america so you just gonna talk about it or you gonna be about it because anybody can virtue signal from a stand anyone can do that crap in front of a television what are you doing to make america better if you hate America and you think it's a horrible place. I'm not one of those people that are going to tell you to move out because I, I find that funny. That people want you to move out. No, improve it. That's my challenge. Make it a better place. Don't complain about it in your social media and do nothing else. That means nothing. That's an echo chamber. Get out there and get your hands dirty and put some effort in. Go make something with yourself. I'll just say it. Uh, and to get, give so much attention to this person who, again, turned her back or whatever. I don't care. As a veteran, as a person who swore to uphold the Constitution, this is the whole thing. Including her First Amendment right to make a jackass out of herself. That's her. That's on her. That's... <laughs> She, she, everyone knows her name, but she probably won't profit from it. One of the great parts about being an Olympic athlete are sponsorships that you can get and stuff that can be paid for and people that will pay you just to have your face or name on something. Well, she messed that up. Oh, well, it is what it is. And what it is is absolutely nothing. It didn't affect your life at all. I don't even know this woman's name. That's how little it means to me. Man, put things in perspective. This is not an episode of G.I. Joe. Every week, the world is not about to end regardless of what your favorite newscasters say. Man, feed your family. Love your friends. Make tomorrow a better day for somebody other than yourself. And quit believing these jackholes. That was a good save, right? All right, hey, let me go ahead and throw this out. I got the dates for the new diversity shoots and where they're being held. July 8th, 
which is next week. There's going to be uh, one in the Heritage Guild in Eastern PA. Those tickets are available all across my social media. Simon Says Train on Instagram. Simon Says, uh, nope, actually, Simon Says Train on Instagram. The second is for everyone on Facebook. And there is even pinned to the top of my page on Twitter, second for everyone is the ability to click on it and buy a ticket. So purchase a ticket if you can. If not, go to diversityshoot.com and you can pick up some swag. And that helps us out too. So I really appreciate it. Um, oh, dang, that was just one event. <laughs> Hold on. On July 13th, I'm going to be at Gun for Higher Range in Woodland Park. July 19th, I'm going to be at Recoil Range in Monroe, New Jersey. And July 25th, I'm going to be at, at Athena Arms in Bellevue, Nebraska, which is right outside of... Um, Omaha. <clears throat> so we're still putting that together and all the highlights. And if you want to contribute or if you want to be a part of it and you're in that area, you can uh, text or excuse me, not text, send an email to info at Nebraska Firearms, Nebraska Firearms Owners Association dot org. I think that's what it is. But check out their page. They'll have the link there. All right, I'm going to come back and we're going to talk about some wins and some legislation we have going on. See you soon. Matador Arms makes something pretty cool. It's called the Mag X. It's a pistol magazine adapter for an AR-15 lower. It fits any mil-spec AR-15 lower and what it does is enable you to use your regular magazine for your Glock 17, 19, your SIG P320, CZ75, M&P, or CZP09, or P10. You go onto their website and click on whichever firearm you own, and they'll send you a MagX adapter that will work in your AR-15 lower. So you install it, which is installed in minutes. I have one. And boom, it's in there. All you have to do is attach an AR-15 upper, 9mm upper, and you have a PCC. It's that easy. It's the MAG-X from Matador Arms. They have other cool stuff, including a folding stock adapter called the Sidewinder for non-AR rifles. Or just maybe something that doesn't require a um, buffer spring, buffer tube kind of thing. Awesome sauce. Go to matadorarms.com. Why am I telling you about them? Because Matador Arms has supported the Second is for Everyone diversity shoot for years. They're a straight up company. They're owned by some really decent human beings. And uh, you should really support those that have supported us. I appreciate it. But go check out Matador Arms and see if I'm not right. Check them out on IG and Facebook. They have some really good pictures up too, by the way. Matadorarms.com Oh, this thing. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 83 of the Second is for Everyone podcast. This was entitled Independence Day. Why? Well, I'm report I'm recording it on uh, 4th of July weekend. And today is actually Independence Day. All right, we're talking about legislation right now. And before we start that, in honor of... Independence Day and the day that the Declaration of Independence was signed and passed. I want to go ahead and say, I just read it. I just read the entire document. 
And I'm amazed by the Declaration of Independence. Uh, as someone said, it's the uh, best breakup letter ever. I'm like, it's the most eloquently written FU letter uh, that I've ever seen. <laughs> and because most people just go, you know, the second line is the line that everyone can know. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. They are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And that's an awesome line. But there's a lot more in the declaration. Wow, that was hard. <laughs> there's a lot more in the document than just that. They lay out exactly what the king did and how they tried to resolve those issues before they ever came to sign in this document, which in the eyes of the government of England is treason. But to them, these rights, these unalienable rights are endowed by the creator. These rights were there before there was government. And I think that's what a lot of people don't understand when it comes to the Second Amendment. Yeah, the right to keep and bear arms is written in the Second Amendment. But the natural right, the natural right of a human being to protect themselves, just like any other animal, was there before there was ever government. And I think many of us assume this won't go away. That we'll keep these rights. I hear it all the time from gun owners and anti-gunners. Gun owners, this is not going anywhere. This is just politics. This is just groups like the NRA and other Second Amendment groups trying to get your money by telling you the sky is falling. If you're a gun owner and you're still thinking that, your willful ignorance will get your rights taken away. And that's the only word for it, because if you are already in this space of being a firearms owner and you think they're not coming for your guns, you're really, really wrong. They're coming for them state by state, little by little. Look at the states where they have the wins. Now, right now, we're on a winning streak as, as 2A advocates nationwide. We have um, cases in front of the Supreme Court, even from people behind enemy lines like New York, New Jersey, and California. See, for all you people that say just move, your states aren't named in Supreme Court cases. Our states are because the draconian rules that they're trying to push across the nation are already in our states. So we can take that fight to the Supreme Court so they won't get to your quote unquote free state. That's why we're doing what we're doing. Not only are we trying to change the rules here, we're trying to make sure they don't go anywhere else. And that's why I feel it's important that you need to support Second Amendment groups in states like New Jersey, Illinois, California, Washington State, um, <clears throat> and pretty much sliding down the East Coast, New Jersey, Delaware, 
it, it's going to become a problem because all the people are running out of these, I guess you can say liberal strongholds, these large cities where everything is falling apart. And they're moving into what used to be red states, what used to be safe states for you Second Amendment. They're moving there and screwing everything up. Taking their bad policies about the Second Amendment with them. That's why it's important that if you live in a free state, one, you're already writing your politicians, whoever they are. You already have conversations with them as in, hey, every couple months. Hi, my name's Ted. I live here. So far, you've done a great job defending the Second Amendment. Please continue the good work. As a voter in this state, I'm going to keep an eye on you because the Second Amendment is very important to me. And it should not be infringed. And that's it. Doesn't have to be any more than that. You can do phone calls. I do emails and phone calls. And if you're worried about being on the list, man, if you're an adult at this point and you've never gotten on the list, what are you doing with your life? Do you stand for nothing? So (laughs) that's all. All right. Boom. That was about the Declaration of Independence. Talking about it. Yeah. Talking about a phone call. You worried about being on the list for a phone call. How's this? You write an entire letter to the king of your nation and tell him that you no longer need him because he's totally screwed up. You list all the reasons and ways he screwed up. And then you go, peace, we're out. Declare myself free and independent of you. And then sign your name to the bottom of it. And a lot of people act as if it was a given that, you know, these 13 colon- these 13 colonies would win against England. It wasn't a given. And these people signed their name to it. They 54 names on the bottom of this piece of paper. 54 names on this document. Probably only five five guys that ever actually stood for the Second Amendment in New Jersey signed this thing. And that's it, bro. They signed it. They lost their money. Many lost their houses. Some lost their families. Killed. They weren't worried about being on the list. They made the list and sent it to the king. They not only sent it to the king, they sent it to other countries too. They let the world know that they were standing for something. I found many gun owners, especially in the state of New Jersey, don't even want their friends to know they own firearms, much less join a Second Amendment group or show up at a rally. Not saying you have to, but when are you going to start to fight? I'd much rather you fight now. I'd much rather you vote anti-gun politicians, regardless of party, out. I'd like you to do that now when it's blood free. There is no bloodletting. There are no lines drawn that will cost you your life. Get into the fight now. And if you want to get into the fight, I think one of the first places you should go is the Firearms Policy Coalition's website. That way you can find out what's going on. They make it simply easy for you. Like, very easy. Uh, All you have to do is go to their website and click on Take Action. And they have a list of things that are going on nationwide. I think they even have it state by state to show you how you can do this, how you can fight this fight. One of the things I'd like people to do now is go on there, click on their 
<clears throat> post about sending the ATF letters over what a receiver rule or their proposed receiver rule uh, with the ATF. If you don't know anything about that, ATF is messing around and trying to come up with a way for them to make policy again without being one of the branches of government. Just a department that can make rules up. They want to redetermine uh, or redefine what a firearm is or frame or receiver. They also want to control uh, what a gunsmith is. They want to dictate what FFLs have to do. They want to change where you have to engrave uh, on the firearm uh, serial numbers and whatnot. Everything they're doing right now is to make it more difficult for you. Make it to get parts in the mail more difficult for FFLs to get things in. Think about it. It's busy right now. FFLs been running around, running around, selling guns, getting guns in, hustling hard for two years now. Now these people, the ATF, wants to put serial numbers on things like barrels and gun parts. So even those would have to go to the ATF first. Excuse me, go to your FFL first. Then you'd have to go and present your ID as if you're buying a firearm when you get a gun part. Have no idea what parts you're talking about. Is the trigger assembly going to have, you know, a serial number on it? Is the barrel going to have a separate serial number on it? Can you imagine going just to, going to your gun shop? And present an ID card just to pick up a gun part that you could have ordered in the mail from Brownells and had delivered to your house. Think they're going to be busy? And you know there's going to be a fee associated. So what they're doing is trying to change the rules to make it, again, more difficult for you to get a firearm. That's one of the things. So, again, go to Firearms Policy Coalition's website. Click on Take Action. Scroll down to where it talks about. Uh, I think the title here is the title oppose ATS proposed receiver rule. And while you're there, write a letter about the braces too, uh, arm braces. The ATF is trying to uh, come up with a points system to determine whether your pistol large frame pistol is a short barrel rifle or not. And they have to charge you taxes. You have to uh, come up with a point system. How's no, a pistol's a pistol, as you've already described it, as it's already described in the NFA. Them messing around right now is them trying to come up with rules again to redefine something without legislative approval, without going through the process. They want to make up a law. That's not their job. It's written in black and white. Even the ATF itself has said a brace on a pistol, if you use it incorrectly, as in you don't strap it to your forearm, but you shoulder it, does not constitute manufacturing something. If you put your sandwich on your head, it doesn't make it a hat. What the ATF is trying to do is say if your point system don't add up, if your pistol has a variable variable scope on it, a variable optic. That means it can zoom in from one to like six. And it's designed for you to see through it while it's in your shoulder. 
that makes it a rifle. No, it doesn't. Still a pistol. Am I using it as a rifle? Yes. Is it a rifle? No. That's not what the rules said. The rules in the NFA, National Firearms Act, determined what a rifle was by the length, overall length of the rifle, overall length of the barrel. That's it. No new rules because what? We came up with a loophole? No, those were the rules. Those were just the rules. I don't want to dump too much stuff on you guys because it's like homework, right? <laughs> All right. Um, some good news, by the way. Texas passed constitutional carry. Yay, Texas. Louisiana, their legislator, le- legislature passed it and their governor vetoed it. Democratic governor, only Democrat governor in the South. And he, of course, blocked it. But the legislature is going to come back and override his veto. I'd heard that they had constitutional carry, but the last thing I'm reading is like a week old and saying they don't. If they do, congratulations, because again, I heard they did pass it. So we've had good news. Of course, this battle is on the state level. We need you guys to join your second amendment advocacy groups and get busy on the state level. It's going to be a fight in every state. That's the new tactic. They found they can't win on the national level. They can push, but they can't win. So defend your state. And if your state's good, donate to other states and donate to others that are fighting in other states. You can donate to us at diversityshoot.com because we're keeping up the good fight. Again, every week in July, there's going to be a diversity shoot. From Jersey to PA to Nebraska, we're fighting a good fight. You can support us by donating, becoming a patron on our Patreon. Donate as little as a dollar there or make donations through PayPal. All right. Come back with the next section. Talk to you. Welcome back. (laughs) <laughs> to episode 83, Independence Day, we're into gear horror right now. Man, this sucked. Okay, let me tell you what's going on. I got a new piece of gear in. What happened to the last diversity shoot or the last couple of diversity shoots, I think even three, is we've been burning through a lot of ammo because uh, the fellas have been showing up with um, the FRT-15 trigger from Rare Breed Firearms. This trigger allows rapid semi-automatic fire. And when I say rapid, I mean rapid to the point of uh, <laughs> it's outran a fully automatic MP5 and a Thompson submachine gun. Its rate of fire is faster than both. But it's still semi-auto. Anyway, it's great. Because it's fun for the uh, guys that already have experience with firearms. It's not an NFA item, so you don't have to register it, you know, as such. It's 100% New Jersey legal, so my guys have had it. And they've used it at events, and I often supplement ammo if they choose to have, you know, I can help them out a little bit. Well, I I went through over 200 rounds of 5.56 at one event. 
on one gun. So I'm thinking, I need to get myself something that fires a less expensive round. So we talked about it after the event, and uh, we came upon a Bear Creek Arsenal, and they're 7.62 by 39, 16-inch upper, complete upper, for $269. This is in, of course, July of 2021. That's how much it is now. Up from $199 from two years ago. So that's what we did. Apologize. That's what we did. I ordered one. It came within like four days, which is awesome. Especially again now in 2021 when there's a rush uh, 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 <laughs> of people buying firearms. Anyway, I got it in. It looks good. It's a billet upper. Um, looks just like any other AR upper except <laughs> the hold in it is much bigger. Also, when you take it apart, um, the bolt contr- uh, the bolt uh, walls are thinner to hold a larger cartridge, but everything else is a regular AR-15 upper. It looked put together well. Um, It is what it is. I mean, it's a $269 upper, uh, a complete upper. So I didn't expect, you know, it to, you know, look like something that costs $800, $900 from Bravo Company, but it was good. So I checked everything over. I took it apart. I cleaned it. Uh, I compared the firing pin because this is what happens with 7.62 by 39, which is a Russian round. They have a bunch of surplus ammo and their ammo have harder primers than other calibers ammo. It's steel case ammunition and it has harder primers. I checked it out. It looked to be the same size. I could not see a difference when I place the firing pin to a regular AR-15 and the firing pin to the 7.62 by 39 beside each other, I really didn't see a difference. Anyway, I took it to the range. I took it to the range and the very first round, I also purchased brand new magazines from ASC, uh, 10 round magazines. So they're just straight magazines. There is no curve in them because the round, even though it's tapered, doesn't start tapering or doesn't start curving in the magazine until it gets past 10 rounds. So I was cool with that. I loaded the first magazine up with 30 cal ammo. Boom, loaded it, no problem. I used the G-Wax Armory monolithic polymer lower. They no longer make that, but KE Arms just started putting their version out. So if you can't find one, you can definitely find the KE Arms version because it's a modern one. Loaded it in there. Uh, racked the uh, charging handle. I picked the round up. Took it off safe. Aiming at a target 25 yards away. Pulled the trigger and got a click. Now I'd cleaned this upper already. So I got a click, left pointing down range for like 30 seconds, just in case it went off and I had a hang fire. That didn't happen. So, all right, let me rack this open. It would move. The charging handle would not move back no matter what I tried to do. Well, I'm at an indoor range and me trying to mortar that thing would probably just freaked out the uh, RSO. So I used a table to mortar the round out and I had to continually put my entire body weight on the rifle 
as I held down the latch on the charging handle and it eventually popped open. It was not easy. It had a primer strike. It was, it was beautiful. It was a deep divot where the firing pin hit and it hadn't gone off. So I set that aside. I'd taken the magazine out, by the way. That was difficult. Boom. Popped the mag in. Racked another round. Another click. Another mortaring of the gun to get the round out. I'm like, what the heck is going on? Let's do it again. Inserted the magazine. Went forward. Pow. The, ra- the, the magazine ran for like another six rounds. I had another light primer strike mortared it out finished the mag put in a new mag it ran the new mag i think it might have had one or two one maybe one stoppage but i put 60 rounds through it and i probably had out of 60 rounds six seven of these stoppages it averaged one per magazine that i use something like that maybe more Maybe two. It was frustrating. <clears throat> so the range was about to close because I got it on Wednesday. I cleaned it and took off to the range right before they closed. And I didn't want to hold anyone up, but I did wanted to fire, want to fire some rounds through. I had the hangups. So I called Bear Creek the next day, left a message. No one picked up, left a message. Got a call within an hour from Mary Bell from BCA. And, uh, she was like, send it back. I'll send you the paperwork to send it back. Um, it getting jammed and you had to mortar it open. That has nothing to do with the firing pen. We need that back here so we can fix it and either send you another one or repair this one. I thought that was pretty cool. No questions asked. Just send it back. We'll send you another one. All right. Well, I had it with me and I'd be dang if I was only going to put 60 rounds to this. I wanted to do it again. I packed up another 60 rounds. Ran it through it again, still had the same problem. Uh, Not as many light primer strikes, but still light primer strikes. And the ammo I was using was from a few years ago because, again, like I've always told you guys, you need to stockpile your ammo in case something happened because right now the quality control on a lot of ammunitions is really low. It's low on even premium ammo. So I had stuff from back when they weren't in a rush and weren't trying to sell everything that came off their line. So I don't think it's ammo. I think it's a firearm. So I'm going to send it back. Do I think Bear Creek is garbage? I don't think so at all. I think, again, with the high volume of turnover, mistakes happen. And uh, hopefully they'll fix it and get it back to me and get me one that works. Because when I'm introducing people to firearms, I need the firearm to work so it doesn't leave a bad taste in the mouth. So they don't come up with a reason to, you know, poo-poo either the firearm, specific firearm, specific firearm company, or even guns in general. I need them to have a positive experience. Um, Some of the things I picked up from shooting this. Now, I use the polymer lower. It's lighter weight than, of course, you know, the aluminum lore. Um, I felt the 762 by 39 in an AR-15, is it kicks a lot. 
it kicks more than a five five six. I know some of you guys are going, well, duh. Yeah, but dude, I just didn't realize how much more. So yeah, it kicks more. I'm going to try a different lore. I might just put together a dedicated lore for it. Uh, so when we get it back in, we'll see. I really want this 762 by 39 upper to work for a couple reasons. One, I wanted to work to introduce people to a different caliber in the AR-15 platform. I really want people to see that it's a very, very versatile firearm. Um, the other thing I want, eventually, I want to go hunting with an AR. And I can have, <laughs> you know, an AR that weighs seven pounds, but it has an optic on it, a flashlight on it, a sling on it. And it still weighs less than seven pounds. Or I can take an SKS, which I would have to figure out how to block the magazine so it wouldn't hold 10 rounds. And I don't have the, well, I have the red dot option. If I use the optics rail that I picked up from Matador Arms or Matador Arms sent me, I can use either one of their optics rail, their scout mount or their optics rail, but it's just not the same. So anyway, that's what's going on with this 762 by 39 AR-15 complete upper from Bear Creek Arsenal. I'm going to send it back Tuesday. I think Tuesday. I don't, uh, because tomorrow is July 5th and I don't know if um, FedEx is going to be open. So anyway, it goes back this week. Hopefully it gets back to me within a week with an answer. And that's the end of Gear Horf. It's something new for me, and I hope it works out. Talk to you later. Welcome back. Episode 83, Independence Day. It's a mad minute. This is going to be a doozy because it's two things, maybe even one firearms community and our inability to juggle more than one ball at a time. It's always, always one thing. It can never be two. We talk about the ATF and the letter about the brace and people's mind can't handle. You need to handle the letter about the receiver too. It's just too much for them to hold on to. Every week, there's a new thing that makes you forget the thing that happened the week before. It's a little annoying. It, it, it's like there's a bunch of Alzheimer's patients in the gun community, and you just can't remember that there's always going to be attack on your rights, and you need to stay, stay uh, appraised of what's going on. Don't get distracted by things that really don't make a difference, and stay in the fight on multiple levels. Oh, but people have a lot going on in their regular lives and they can't be like you and think about this. You can take the bait every week and switch off. Every week there's some emergency, something that gets the gun community all riled up and all you have to do is go through your social media page and just watch it. Almost on a weekly basis, it's some drama that makes you forget about the other thing. Look, a shiny thing. Oh, let me go look at that. How's this? And what I'm talking about is what happened, like, in the, and since the last time I spoke to you guys on the podcast, we had 
the brace issue with the ATF, right? That was a big thing. The, the, the whack job they're trying to get to be the head of the ATF, that was another thing. And then Arcturex came out with a letter sent to someone uh, that said, uh, where, 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 where are we at? Here we go. Thanks for your email and interest. Our policy has changed since you last placed an order with us, specifically in regards to the industry in which we align our brand. And the decision was made not to do business with weapons manufacturers anymore. Unfortunately, that means we are not able to proceed with your order at this time. This was actually a letter that went out to some firearms manufacturer. And instead of making a phone call, he put it online. And a lot of people in the firearms community ran with it. They didn't make a phone call either. It was the sky is falling. The sky is falling. Watch out. And all of a sudden, this brand, what was it called? Arcteryx, which is a clothing brand, became persona non grata in the gun community, which everybody, you know, your favorite trainer's trainer wears a Turex. All the tactical Timmies, that's one of their ultimate goals, cry precision pants and arcteric clothes. Because it's really good outdoor clothes, I supposed. Me personally, they, unless they make a cologne, they have nothing I could use. So, <laughs> sorry, they don't carry big boy sizes. So everybody went nuts over this. And then somebody actually contacted the company. And the company said this. Which is really hilarious. The email screenshot expressing a restrictive policy on corporate sales to tactical industry businesses was sent out of error. It does not affect, it does not reflect our current policy. The customer has been notified, apologized to, and has been put in touch with the representative from Arcteryx Leaf Business Unit. She was a mistake. But that didn't help because that mistake was made. I think that thing went live online, that email, that screenshot was sent out on a Friday and everybody went back crap crazy. And then it was fixed by Sunday with an email, but everybody ran with it and couldn't talk about anything else. And all of a sudden the brace was forgotten. The ATF was forgotten. Chipman was forgotten. Dude, we have to do better. We really have to do better. The president of the United States came on and pretty much threatened <laughs> the populace that you need more than the AR-15 if you're going to take down the government and uh, water the tree of liberty with the blood of tyrants because the government has F-15s and nukes. Some people blew that off going, oh, it's just politics. It's just Biden rambling, except it's not. Oh, not that he's going to nuke you today, but that is what is in the president's head. That's what came out of the president's mouth. You can poo-poo Biden as silly if you want to, but he is still the chief executive of this country. He still is going to go after FFLs. He's still working on the background checks. See, they might not be able to pass legislation, but as the executive branch, they can mess with other things. They can mess with FFL license. 
they can close what they call loopholes and they can blame gun shops for the gun violence epidemic and affect their livelihoods. We can't get caught up in little silly dramas if we can't handle more than one thing as a community. We need to fight the good fight. We need to keep our head in the game. We need to prioritize and not get distracted by little bull crap. Stand a fight, dudes. Stand a fight, ladies. If you're not in the fight, get in the fight. We need you. We need you writing letters. We need you making phone calls. <clears throat> Especially if you're a liberal and you're a gun owner. You need to talk to your peoples. We need you a lot to talk to your people. If you're a libertarian, we need you to talk to both parties. If you're a Republican, you need to wake a bunch of Republicans up because they, they are really the go-along to get-along party when it comes to our firearms rights. You need to ask them if they don't have a backbone and they can't fake having a backbone, you need to replace them. You need to replace them. Get in a fight. Stay in a fight. That was the mad minute. It was seven minutes long. Pretty good for me, huh? <laughs> I'll be right back. Welcome back. Episode 83, Independence Day. This is gun culture. All right. I'm talking about something in gun culture because it affected me. Uh, this week, I had someone come to me and ask me they want to buy an AR-15. Now. Yep. They waited until now. July of 2020. One <laughs> to try to buy an AR. Okay, well, there's a plethora of manufacturers. That's the good news. Bad news is ammo is three times as expensive as it was in 2019. Um, firearms are harder to come by than they were in 2019. Um, so that was ammo. There was that. Oh, yeah, and a lot of stuff is out of stock. So anyway, they came to me and asked, and I asked them, what are you going to use it for? They want AR, what are you going to use it for? What's your price? Well, price wasn't really a thing. So I wanted to recommend something good. Here's the thing. I recommend the Son of, Sons of Liberty. Uh, AR. Couldn't find any. Couldn't find any for sale, but on the 4th of July weekend, Brownells had their lower on sale. It's not a complete lower. Doesn't include a trigger. Doesn't include a stock. It has the extension, but it doesn't have an actual butt stock. So I said, go with that. Reason you go with that, because most people change those two things out anyway. And I'd rather for you to have something with a good trigger right out of the box. And again, this is his first AR. So I recommend it. <clears throat> Timony drop-in trigger for an AR-15. Why? CMC couldn't find one. And Timony was right there on the page. And again, this is their first couple years. I think they put it out either last year or the first time they made an AR trigger. But they've been making triggers for decades. So I chose a drop-in trigger for him in that. And he's going to pick out the stock at a later time. So I was like, good to go. This is what we do. Now we got to get an upper. 
And we're looking for something. Again, I want something on the level of Sons of Liberty. And we'll work on that later because he says he's going to get that in two weeks. So, cool. We have two weeks. Hopefully something will be in stock in two weeks. And he'll be able to get it. BCM, Arrow Precision, um, Sons of Liberty, that ballpark, we're talking about 600 to $800 for an upper, is, is this ballpark. Now, I said that, and the reason this is in gun culture isn't because I'm telling you how to build a gun, but I'm talking about a thought process here. You can do a few things as a firearms owner. You can get guns that have a definite 100% purpose. This is going to be my home defense firearm. Okay, cool. You want a decent brand. You want a brand with a reputation. You want a brand with a track record when you get in a home defense firearm, regardless of whether that firearm is a handgun, a shotgun, or a rifle. That's my thing, and that's the thought process when I go into that. I just want a gun for the range. Totally different thought process. That's all you're going to use it for? That's all I'm going to use it for. Okay, cool. Then it could be anything. It can be a three-gun rifle from one of the manufacturers that make three-gun rifles, like JP Precision, like, uh, dang, <laughs> um, Double Star, JP Precision, Double Star, um, Odin Works. All these companies make guns used in three-gun competitions, so they're designed to run fast. They're designed to be accurate. Um, they have a lot of bells and whistles on them. But reliability doesn't hold as much as uh, a, a priority as other things. All right, cool. I want it for my home defense gun. Then reliability is number one. Or I'm just a gun collector. I just like different guns from different eras. I want an M1 Garand. I want an M1903 Springfield. I want a Colt 1911. So you can have all these firearms. But a couple things. One is time. The other is money. Both, one you can't replace and the other one you can, but it takes a while. So you have to prioritize what your wants and needs are. That's part of gun culture that I think a lot of us have a problem with. Is that prioritization? What do you want this for? Put it in that box. All right. Dependability. That's why when you're talking AR-15s and the price range, even now, a good AR that you will have to depend your life on as a home defense firearm, this is my personal opinion, we're talking around $1,200. I'm not saying the Palmetto State Armory build, which is now twice as expensive as it was before, is not a dependable firearm. But understand where we're at right now. Your feelings have nothing to do with this. Let's talk about true facts. Guns are flying off the shelf. Quality and control is questionable both in the ammo business and in the firearms business, firearms manufacturing. Because your favorite gun maker more than likely doesn't make every part that's used in the firearm, so they get them from others. They're getting them from contractors. And much like uh, tolerance stacking, when you start going further and further out from your own door, you depend on other people to have the same quality control as you do. And that might not always be the case. So you have to get it straight. There is a price point for certain things. You can buy your plinking rifle. You can still get a Bear Creek Arsenal, Radical Firearms, a Foxtrot, whatever the heck their name is, <clears throat> firearm. 
in that 600 and under range. But that is not the same thing as a BC, uh, a Bravo Company firearm. It's not the same thing as the Sons of Liberty. It's not the same thing as the Daniel Defense. So as a gun community culture, uh, we got to figure that out. You have to go with the best you can afford. And maybe if you can't afford it right now and it's your home defense gun and you go, dude, I only have 600, then work your way up to 800, work your way up to 900, get as close as you can to those guns that have that more premium price tag. And believe me, a $1,200 gun, a $1,200 AR-15 is not, is not the most expensive AR-15 out there. But if you're going to, I'm serious, dude, if you can't, if you can only afford a $600 rifle for real, for real, and you need it right now, then get that $600 rifle. But understand you did not get a $1,200 rifle. You're going to have $600 rifle performance. So certain things you're going to have to accept not being there. Stop playing. Stop believing the bull crap. This is a dude that owns a high point that tells you a high point is a good enough gun, but I have better firearms. I got CZ Smith and Wessons and Glocks for a reason. Gun culture needs to get it together. Gun culture needs to understand there are certain price tags that accompany uh, quality in manufacturing. And all those guns, regardless how much you pay for them, it's still a manufacturer, still coming off a line. If it's not hand precision built by one person, and you know when you get there, you're talking a lot of money. So you're going to have quality control issues. But usually when you go with a brand that has a track record of putting out quality, they also have a higher price tag. And understand that there's different means of buying firearms. Everybody doesn't buy a gun just because they're going to fight for their life. The boogaloo or any other with the world's ending. Maybe they're just doing it because they like cowboy action shooting. They want to get that lever action. They like shooting clays. They've always wanted a double barrel because it looks like a stagecoach gun. All of that is still a viable reason to buy a firearm. Because it looks cool. Because I saw it in my favorite video game. All of that is real reason. But it comes with a price tag. All right, that's gun culture. I'll see you guys after this break. High point firearms. That's right. I'm talking about high point firearms. Why would you buy a high point pistol? Why would you buy a high point carbine? Well, high point carbines just work. High point carbines are a lot of fun because they're inexpensive, especially compared to a lot of the AR-15 based PCCs. Um, They're pretty much the entry level in pistol caliber carbines and they work, Um, especially if you combine them with a high tower armory bullpup chassis, turns the front up to an 11. Why would you buy a high point handgun though? Don't they have a horrible reputation? Well, truthfully, I purchased a high point handgun before I even started doing the diversity shoot. Why? 
because I wanted to know whether they earned that reputation of being horrible or not. Guess what? They work. They work. They're simple blowback pistol, which means the slide is heavy, it's high. It's not the most ergonomic pistol in the world, but for the price point, you have a gun that works. That's why I actually inst- <laughs> started talking to the people at High Point. Tell them about the handgun. Tell them about the reviews. Tell them about the thousands of rounds. Yes, thousands. Of, I'm one of those people that actually fired thousands of rounds for a High Point handgun, and it works. I've even used it in a class and it ran the entire class with zero malfunctions that wasn't caused by the operator not shoving the magazine all the way in. That's the only malfunction I had. The mag fell out because I did a dumb reload. High point firearms are dependable. They serve a niche. If you are an entry-level firearms owner, it's an inexpensive way to protect you and your family. If you really really like trolling the internet it's one of the easiest ways to do it high point firearms fun no matter where you are in your firearms ownership journey welcome back episode 83 independence day and we're talking training concepts Today on Training Concepts, I want to actually talk about training. I often do this because I really need you guys to learn this. Uh, I recently came back from training with Kevin Dixie, and we trained with uh, Rob Pincus, Dustin Bluth, Pluth, blah, 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 Dustin Pluth, uh, Ken Scott, Ken, Dustin, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we train with those three guys. I've taken training before. I've trained with Costa. I've trained with Pincus. I trained with Karis Sepervetta here in Jersey. Local trainers. <clears throat> um, of course, Sean has ran me through a bunch of drills and stuff when we work together. So I've got some training in my belt. I also practice. I go to the range. I dry fire. I use a cert pistol. It's all training. And practice. And I often recommend it to people. And most gun owners have never taken a formal training class outside of hunter safety or whatever is required for their state's concealed carry. You need to do better. No, I'm not saying you're unsafe with a gun because you've never had training. I'm not even saying you don't know what you're doing. What I am saying, though, is you don't know what you don't know. If you've watched any training, you watch John Wick and you go, holy crap, that's some high speed, low drag stuff. That John Wick stuff is still firearms fundamentals, just done at a faster level. There are no real advanced classes. It's just getting really good at the fundamentals. Oh, well, my granddad taught me to hunt. Hunting is different than self-defense. And hunting, if you miss the shot, more than likely, and yet unless you're, you know, fight, uh, shooting at something that may attack you, you just lost that chance. That game bird is gone. No one's hunting pterodactyls, so you don't have to worry about it coming back on you. But you do if you hunt maybe wild boar, if you're close to a predator or a large mammal like moosen. <laughs> 
you might have to worry about being attacked. But most every other animal hauls butt and gets out of dodge. It's not the same when you're in a defensive fight up close and you have a malfunction with your firearm. You need to know how to clear that and get back in the fight. You need to know how to maybe retain that firearm. Maybe you need to know how to shoot and move. There's a lot of stuff you're not going to pick up from your granddad, uncle, cousin, Navy SEAL, ranger, police officer. So training will get you that knowledge. After you get the training, you practice the things you learned in training. You practice it because what you need to do is get confidence in that thing you learn and proficiency. Again, if all you do is punch holes in paper at the zombie targets with your buddies once every six months, you don't have that proficiency. Proficiency is something that comes with time and repetitions. Proficiency is what I learned in the Marine Corps with my M16A2. To the point, 20 years later, when I put my hands on a rifle again, I was 100% confident that I knew how to run an AR-15 because I'd had repetitions for years over and over and over again until it was second nature, unconscious competence in handling an AR and his stoppages and his issues because they trained us very, very well. <clears throat> this is training you too can get by taking a class with a competent firearms instructor. Well, Abba Dabba, I don't need, uh-huh. You don't know what you need. You don't know when you'll need it. But you better be competent with it, be able to handle the firearm safely in your home when poopy hits the fan. Your confidence level will allow you to move through your home quickly to face a confrontation if you have to. I'm telling you from experience, if you've never listened to my show, I had a situation happen here where someone was on our back porch at three in the morning. I didn't grab my AR because I live in Jersey and that's going to be a problem after the fact. But I grabbed my shotgun, something that I have hundreds of rounds through easily. And I mean hundreds, not one or two. I mean like six or seven hundred rounds through. So I know how to operate. I grabbed that. I was able to move through my house safely without pointing my firearm at anybody or my neighbors. I knew when I racked this, how to get the safety off. I knew how to run. I didn't open the doors and I didn't go outside because there was no reason to. My family was in the house. There's no reason for me to go into the unknown. I just made sure my doors and windows were secure. I didn't call the police because I didn't see anything. But there was something there because the police were all over our neighborhood the next morning. So our house wasn't the only one this happened to. So in training, get some because the training will give you confidence. The training will give you scenarios that you've never thought of when you were on your own. That you might not have seen or understood completely in a YouTube video. If you're one of those guys that go, well, I can YouTube it and I know what I'm doing. That gets you another set of eyes that don't have a, you know, a dog in the fight. 
They just want you to be good. That's all I want you to be. I want you to be a competent firearms handler. I want you to know the fundamentals and be able to execute them quickly without hurting anyone else. My entire mantra as a trainer was not to be some super tactical trainer. Nope. Don't need that. I'm not cut out for that. What I do is teach you the fundamentals, the basics, and get you really good at it. This is the ultimate compliment for me. You handle a gun really well. Where'd you learn that from? I learned it from Simon Says Train. Awesome. Done. I'm happy as a clam, bro. That's it. Learn the fundamentals so you can move with your handgun, you can move with your rifle, you can move with your shotgun through your house without being a threat to your entire family. And if you have to pull the trigger, you're accurate with it. That comes through practice. That doesn't come naturally because you were able to buy a gun. A buy a gun. It came because you worked at it. You can get really lucky. You can get lucky and win a firefight. You can get lucky and do the right thing. Excuse me, get the right results, even if you didn't do the right thing. But don't let getting lucky translate into you thinking you're good. Why depend on luck when you could become good and make your own luck? So get some training, then practice, set some money aside, two, $300, get some ammo, plan it, plan it like you would a vacation to a nice spot. Put some time in, get a price range from someone. It doesn't have to be a celebrity instructor. It can be a local level instructor. I suggest it be a local level instructor first anyway, <clears throat> because they teach some of the same stuff. They may teach the exact same thing for one third the price. So before you get all geeked up about going to Mr. Navy SEAL Karate Champ Ninja, yo, give your local dude a try. Check out some after action reports or reviews that people have done on them and then decide whether you want to spend your money with that person. Again, because they're local, you don't have to worry about paying for hotels or crazy amount of gas or anything like that. If they're in your local area, you can go do their one day class and then come home at the end of the day. Also, when they are shorter classes, there's less ammo expended. So go ahead, get busy. I think you'll have a good time. Most people don't realize that. Also, you'll meet people just like you who want to get out and learn how to use a firearm. So go out, get training, and I'll talk to you again right after this. Hey, I got an ad read from one of my favorite Second Amendment advocacy groups. Why? Because this is for CNJFO. And CNJFO has helped the Second is for Everyone before there was even a CNJFO. (laughs) Those guys have been helpful to us. So I got their ad read and I'm going to run it down to you. New Jersey is a civil rights wasteland where an unconstitutional law called justifiable need keeps ordinary citizens from exercising their right to bear arms. New Jersey spits an eye of freedom, ignores the Bill of Rights, and the Heller decision. New Jersey politics are anti-civil rights bulldozer and a spreading cancer. The Coalition of New Jersey Firearms Owner, a tax-exempt nonprofit, has a goal to defeat justifiable need reverse course on all anti-freedom laws and render aid to other jurisdictions by filing Supreme Court-bound litigation. 
CNJFO is a beacon of freedom behind the Iron Curtain in New Jersey. Join CNJFO's strong patriots. Support the Coalition of New Jersey Firearms Owners today. Protect all our rights and return freedom to the Garden State. To donate or learn more, go to cnjfo.com. Hey, we're at the end of the show. We're to the shout outs. I'm going to do something because right now it's 4th of July. If you can hear in the background, there's fireworks going off. The town did theirs yesterday, but these are just citizens lighting off fireworks that the state of New Jersey said were illegal for us to have. <laughs> So this is just a night of civil disobedience. And I think tonight's shout out will go to those 54 people that signed the Declaration of Independence. As I'm sitting here as a black man in America, 100% cognizant of the fact that the signing of the Declaration of Independence, a document that stated all men are created equal, was not perfect and did not happen but we're working on it. We've been working on it. The only way we can continue making sure all men are created equal and that the statements in our founding documents come true is for us to work together. There've been forces out there have been working really hard for the past, at least this is when I noticed it, for the past 30 years have been working really hard to try to divide us. If you know someone that was in their late teens, early 20s, during the 1990s, there was an attention and the strife that is being broadcast by the media out there. We recognize that there was racism. We recognize that different people come from different backgrounds. And mostly, if we were friends, we goofed on you over it. It wasn't about hate, because if we were friends, we grew up in the same neighborhood, went to the same school, rode the same school bus, played on the same sports teams together, and we still busted each other's chops. We are making the dream work. We are creating that society that the founders thought or excuse me, planned. And we're doing a good job of it. Better than most countries. I'll, I'll go ahead and say better than all countries. Because very few countries are as diverse and as large as this one. Don't cherry pick. Very few countries are this large and this diverse. As in with the populace, the number of large cities... And we all still have the same culture. At least it's based on the same culture. So, these men signed, many of them didn't make it to the end of the war. Some were killed. Some ended up dying broke and losing everything they had. Some's families were locked up and those people died before the end of the war. They fought the good fight. They knew what they were risking. 
these were successful and educated business people and they knew what they were hanging out. Some people said, oh, it was just over money. Yeah, most people, especially ones that are well off, are not going to risk their lives, their livelihood over money. It was something bigger. They did it. They won. We are the recipients of that. We need to keep working towards making all people equal and getting rid of tyrannical government and governmental overreach. And the second is for everyone podcast is dedicated to educating people on the second amendment and how to fight for your second amendment rights. But the rest of them are very, very important. The second amendment protects the rest. That's why we have to be educated. We have to work together with allies. We don't have to be best friends. We don't have to do karate in the garage. But we should work together to make this country as great as it can be, as great as it should be. A lot of people died besides those gentlemen to get us where we are today. People from every country, people of every race and religion, they died for us to be here tonight. <laughs> for me to be here tonight, sipping on <laughs> bourbon, smoking a cigar, listening to the sounds of freedom outside, and thinking about cleaning my M16 A4 clone inside. <laughs> so, besides... Going ahead and giving you the dates again for our upcoming diversity shoots. Telling you the tickets are available in Eventbrite. I want you guys to join the Second Amendment Advocacy Group if you're not already in one. I'd really like you to write a letter to uh, the ATF uh, that I told you about earlier. Again, go to Firearms Policy Conference. Excuse me. Firearms Policy Coalition. And click on there, take action, and take action. Make it something you do every week. Every week, you just go there and bam, send out a letter. Bam, send out something and be an advocate. It ain't like it used to be. All right, guys. Uh, the next diversity shoot is July 8th, which is at the Heritage Guild this week. Um, again, visit my social media. Ticket, the availability of tickets are pinned to the top of the page. On July 13th, we're going to be at Gun for Hire. On July 19th, we're going to be at Recoil Range. On July 25th, we're going to be at Athena Arms in Bellevue, Nebraska. All right. Talk to you later. Hope you enjoyed the show. I'll try to get more than one or two uh, of these done this month. Talk to you later. Peace out.